Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Self-Confidence Project. I'm your host, Kimberly Hill, and this podcast is all about life and dating and relationships and navigating this intoxicatingly tricky world that we are all in. I want to bring you humor. I want to bring you fun. I want to bring you practical advice that you can apply right away in your lives and your dating lives and in your relationships. So thank you all for tuning in. I look forward to bringing you another episode. What are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Self-Confidence Project. I'm your host, Kimberly Hill, and I just want to thank everyone who's been listening to my show, new listeners, everyone alike. It's been such a pleasure bringing you weekly episodes and hosting amazing guests. Uh, If you haven't done so already, please rate, review the show. It's going to help spread the word to more people um, so they can join in on the fun and learn from awesome guests such as today's. Uh, Connor Beaton is the founder of Man Talks, an international organization focused on men's health, wellness, success, and fulfillment. He's also an international speaker, host of a top-ranked podcast, and he works one-on-one with men who are looking, looking to deepen their purpose, radically improve their intimate relationships, and regain confidence. Since founding Man Talks, he's spoken on TEDx stage. He's been in contact with Lewis Howes, Gary Vaynerchuk, Danielle Laporte, taken man talks to over a dozen cities internationally and has been featured on platforms like the United Nations, Forbes, Huffington Post, he for she, the Good Men Project, CBC, and the National Post. Phew. <laughs> I've been looking forward to chatting with you today, uh, Connor. Welcome to the show. Tell me what have you been up to and ultimately how are you doing today? I am, I'm doing really well. Yeah. I mean, mostly what I've been up to do is, uh, being a dad to my 10 month old son, who is yeah. just a little joy, a little pleasure. Uh, <laughs> you just wait, you just wait. <laughs> I know. I know. Right. He's starting to crawl around and open doors and get in on all kinds of stuff. I'm oh like, gosh, oh, man. What a little troublemaker. <laughs> um, but yeah, mostly that. And, uh, I just finished writing, uh, the manuscript from a book and handed it in to my, my publisher. And so wow, uh, that'll come out next year, January of next year. So I'm about to enter into the editing process, which, oh yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I was, I've never written a book before. So we'll, uh, I don't we'll know. see how it goes. I just, I hear wonderful and mixed reviews about the editing process. I bet because like, you know, when you are a content creator, you put stuff out, like even me being a podcast host, like i very very rarely listen back to an episode I produce because I don't want to hear it I don't want to overthink it I don't want to change my mind (laughs) or decide not to post it I imagine editing is going to feel a little like that I don't know yeah I would imagine so yeah I would would imagine so uh there's definitely a lot of like going back over your own work but it's exciting I'm I'm really looking forward to to having the book out and something I've been working on for a number of years and so it feels it feels good uh, obviously the book's going to be very related to the work you do, or is it a centered around a specific kind of topic? What, what's it on? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the title is pretty straightforward. It's just called men's work. And so it's okay. the book will be all about the work that we as men uh, can undertake to end sabotage, face our, our own inner demons within yeah. ourselves and our lives improve our relationships and, and just be more effective husbands, fathers, leaders within the community and within the world. Yeah, beautiful. So it sounds like it's not only informative, but also going to be a bit of a guide or maybe have some exercises in there. Yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be fairly tactical. 
Yeah. yeah, there's going to be a, a ton of exercise. I mean, I, I, my work focuses a lot on shadow work and, yeah. and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit at some point, but uh, so it's really about bringing a man into contact with his, his own shadow mm. and then walking him through a process of, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the work that he can do, there's exercises, there's questions, there's yeah. experiences, there's, you know, there'll be guided meditations that they can download and, Nice. Um, you know, some, some of the pieces like that. Cause I, you know, what I've found in working with men is we, once we choose to go in, we kind of want to get our hands dirty. You know, it's like, once we've chosen to do the work, it's like, all right, give me the, give me yep. the stuff, you know, like, let me ask me the questions, give me the resources. And so yep. the book is going to be very sort of informative in terms of breaking down why we do the things that we do. And, you know, sharing stories from my own life and from clients mm. that I've worked with, and then, you know, giving men the resources and the, the practical tools to actually awesome. do some of that work. Awesome. I find the same. It's like, you know, once you kind of get into self-development in any kind of aspect, it's like you're opening Pandora's box <laughs> mm-hmm. and, yeah, and different definitely. tools are going to work differently for different people. So if you can experience a wide range of them, you can find what maybe resonates best with you or the one that freaks you out the most, probably the one you should do. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So it's filled with some of your personal story and that leads me into, well, like what, I mean, you've had man talk since what, 2014. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 2014. Yeah. Yeah. What led you in? Cause that 2014, I wouldn't have even had my eyes on any of this type of work. So I feel like at least from my perspective, like you were an earlier adopter, maybe you were later than other people, but what, why, why do you want to do this? Like what brought you into to this? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, uh, like most people, it was personal experience, my personal journey. Um, I was, the classic sort of like crash and burn guy, you know, like I was very stubborn and very prideful and very close-minded and, and, Mm. uh, found myself at the, at the bottom underneath the rock. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, just more directly, you know, I I had a very different career before Mm -hmm. I, I was traveling the world and I was performing and, you know, I had sort of like, if you looked at my life from the outside, it looked, it looked great, right? I had mm. good, good career. I had the motorcycle. I had, you know, the girlfriend and I had all the things. Can I, can I ask what, what, what was the career before this? I was a classical singer. So I was an opera singer. What? No freaking yeah. way. Do, do, do other people react the way I do when you tell them that? Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. It's oh kind of like God. a weird, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. There was a transition that happened. I wouldn't worked at Apple before I'm doing what I, what I'm doing. No, now, but... it's not weird. Like I love <laughs> how people can go from one thing to something that seems to be radically different, but you are already producing content. You're already inspiring people, but just in a slightly different way. Um, totally. do, do you just a little side note here? Do you still sing? No, I don't really perform. No, what? <laughs> no, I don't really. I like really just like cold turkey. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I'll sing around the house sometimes. I'll sing yeah. some jazz and whatnot, but I don't, I don't actually perform. Um, and I don't really want to, like, I've, I've found that I've Fair found enough. that, um, you know, I'm very, I'm very much not about all things, but certainly in this area, uh, you know, I, I was very much all or nothing with classical music. It was like, right. it was either going to be my career or I just didn't really want to do it. 
And yeah. I kind of reached that place where I didn't really like the, the industry, you know, mm. and I didn't like the lifestyle, you know, like to be a successful classical singer, for the most part, you're on the road, like eight to 10 months out of the year. And that was cool in my twenties. But when I looked forward in the future, I thought about my, you know, raising a family and whatnot. I just wasn't the life that I wanted. And the industry is, you know, Mm. struggling to say the least. Um, Yeah. Well, nowadays too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But it really taught me some valuable skills. So. Well, your values change too. Like maybe that's, you know, what you valued at that point in your life, travel experience, adventure. And then, you know, you get older and you realize, well, maybe. I've done that now. Check. Now I value maybe yeah. something else, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's not, maybe it's not for me anymore, but yeah. Well, that's yeah, how I feel so. about running. I used to run a lot. I used to like love trail running. It was be something that again, I would go, you know, I'm a zero to hundred person often too. And that was a huge mm-hmm. part of my life for four or five years. And then I moved and it changed and I like literally have zero interest in doing that anymore, but it was a huge that's part it. of my identity at one point. Um, yeah. you know, not quite the same as what you did, but, uh, just my little random example there. So, okay. So here you are now supporting, helping men, helping them transform their lives. And obviously leading by example of having gone from one thing to something kind of radically different. Um, Mm. what excites you the most about the work that you do? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I think, um, I mean, I think it's the real world impact, you know, and I think it's getting to see men who, you know, like when I, when I was in like the lowest of low in my life, you know, I, everything sort of came crashing down relationship that I had fell apart because I had been unfaithful and that came to the light. My career was in question. Mm. You know, I didn't want people to know what was going on in my life. I was consumed by hiding parts of myself, hiding the things about myself that I didn't like and trying to create this sort of image of how I thought society and my friends and my family wanted me to be and letting go of that uh, really opened up the door for me to choose what I, what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. I'll never forget a mentor of mine said health, our, our health is our ability to choose whatever that is in whatever aspect, whatever area of our life it is that we are choosing. And for me, when I look back, I realize how impaired my choice actually was because for the most part, I was choosing from a place of, not wanting people to find out about, you know, certain lies or, uh, you know, not wanting people to view me in a certain way or not wanting people to dislike me or, you know, needing to gain someone's attention or praise or validation. And that's not freedom of choice. You know, that's choice from the perspective of, I need other people to like me. Uh, I have to be a certain way or I'm acting in rebellion of those things, mm. right? So whether, whether we're choosing in opposition of something or to gain something is usually, you know, from a, a place of, of we're not free. And, you know, and so after my sort of rock bottom, I end up working with a, a, a mentor of mine who was in my life for a very long time. He was in mm. his uh, late seventies and, you know, he and I worked quite a bit. I apprenticed with him for two and a half years in and around Jungian psychology and, you know, the shadow and shadow work. And I really found the value of having a man in my life who 
who I felt a sense of reverence for, mm. you know, that I was, I was in awe of who he was, you know, I yeah. could flash forward as like, if I lived to my late seventies and I could be a, a really incredible man, like this person, mm-hmm. uh, that, that gives me hope that gives me direction that gives me inspiration. Yeah. And so I think what I love about the work that I get to do today is that it's a conduit for men to move through transition to recreate themselves to empower themselves to be more effective leaders more effective fathers or husbands and you know in a world where there are a lot of men who are genuinely struggling uh who lack direction who lack clarity who feel Mm -hmm. out of control who aren't proud of who they are you know whether they say so or not out in public (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh don't like who they are yeah. This, you know, man talks is really giving a space for men to to change that, to alter that, so that they can step into a sense of alignment and and courage and and really enjoy their lives, build a life that yeah. they actually enjoy. Yeah, that's beautiful. I and I, there's a quote that's coming up into my mind, and I've seen it on social. I can't remember <laughs> who it's from, but you know, we cannot hide parts of ourselves and expect to be seen. Mm -hmm. And I know women and men just, we all want to be seen and heard and appreciated and known. And it's very hard to do that if we're hiding half of ourselves or maybe even more of our true selves than what we're letting out in, uh, for example, social media is only one Mm -hmm. dimension of what a person's life is like. Um, And uh, it can be (laughs) the most mis misinformed part of somebody's life. Um, Mm -hmm. When it comes to kind of helping men through transitions, what do you, how how does this kind of relate to confidence? Like, what do you feel men are, or where is their confidence lacking the most like today? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to, to, to maybe define confidence because i think most yeah. people have a different definition or maybe version. self-esteem actually is probably the better word like where are men lacking yeah the most I, like know, self-love and self-esteem yeah i think it's i think in some ways within our western culture men have been skirted away from their own sense of like masculine essence mm-hmm. and so i think that a lot of men are actually lacking in a sense of self-esteem in some some regard because they are afraid to be unapologetically who they are or Mm -hmm. to stand firm in what they believe um i think that they are afraid of sometimes ruffling social feathers or the feathers of uh maybe the women that they're dating or family Mm -hmm. members or the people in their life oh yeah don't offend a woman scary thing right no (laughs) sometimes you need to offend women sometimes you do (laughs) hey i'm a woman and i'm saying it (laughs) yeah well i won't i won't say anything on on that topic you know i think (laughs) i i think it's you know I, i think it's very much Um, but you know, I think that that's what a lot of men are dealing with, you know, and so, um, that's not all men, you know, some men have swung the pendulum in the opposite direction. And yes, but I, I think that a lot of men are trying to find a sense of direction. And so I think that men generally lack self-esteem and lack confidence largely because they have not been initiated 
Mm. You know, in, if you look at older cultures, if you look at the majority of cultures, even current cultures within the world today, outside of the West, they don't approach the journey from boyhood to manhood as an accident, right? It's not something yeah. that just naturally occurs. It's something where the community of older men actually intervene and initiate a boy into manhood. And we we don't have that. And so I no. think when you when you look at men within our culture today who maybe are lacking confidence, are lacking direction, are lacking self-esteem, it's largely because they've been lacking in male figures within their life that can create an image of what it looks like to be a confident yeah. man, that can mentor them, that can guide them, that can challenge them, that can uh, provide them with some form of initiation into mm -hmm. that. And so you have a lot of men that have grown up without fathers. You have a lot of men that have grown up with fathers who are, who are there, but are absent, right? They're alcoholics, they're workaholics, they're yep. emotionally disconnected, they're abusive. And, and so, or, or they've grown up around a father who's completely disconnected from their own masculinity. And mm -hmm. so there's just this complete absence. And so for a lot of men, it's like, well, how can you really be confident if you are or or have a deep sense of self-esteem if knowing that you are biologically a man and you you know you are you are a man you have no vision no version hmm. no one having shown you what it looks like to be a confident man to be a man yeah. with direction to be a man with purpose to be a man who's a good father right you, you don't really have a lot of examples of that in your life yeah, and um, Netflix so, is not a good place to to uh, <laughs> to get that information either. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I feel like yeah, mainstream uh, media and social media and um, a lot, you know, a lot of the uh, films and movies that we produce and TV shows that we produce, they they paint a very specific picture of yeah. men. Um, which are sort of largely Neanderthals, right? Just sort of like bumbling <laughs> idiots that can can't get their shit together and like yeah. are always making stupid decisions, right? So and when women watch that and they go, "God, guys are useless." Like, you know, am right. I going to have to do everything? You know, I'm babying him, type thing. Women can get into that mindset too, right? Yeah, and yeah. and but to come back to defining confidence or self esteem, I think part of it is that. You know, the definition, as I was saying before, is that we have a capacity to choose what we want for ourselves in our life and to be somewhat unapologetic for it, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to say, this is, this is what I want. This is the life I want to build the career. I want to have, this is how I want my body to look, you yeah. know, and I'm going to dedicate myself to those things. I'm going to be disciplined in my life in curating those things to having the rituals and the routines in my life to actually develop those things. Yeah. Um, and so, so I think that there's, there's merit in that, you know, cause the amount of men that I've interacted with over the years, right. Tens of thousands of men all over the world who, who come in and are lacking confidence because what they're actually lacking is an ability to lead themselves to yeah. say, when I meet hardship, when I meet obstacles, I know I'll make the right decision. Right. When I look back at myself before my rock bottom, I didn't trust myself at all. Yeah. Right? Confidence is a byproduct of how, how much do I actually trust myself to do, say the right thing. And in, when I look back at who I was, it's like, well, I didn't trust myself at all. And yeah. so I think a lot of the men today are lacking a sense of 
I trust myself, right? Mm. I, I've earned and I've earned that trust. I've developed that trust because that might be a skill or something that you actually have to develop within mm-hmm. yourself. It might not be inherent. Yeah. And, I, and it's not about extreme self-reliance either. It's just about I think having confidence in ourselves that we are going to make the right decisions and yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. From time to time, we're going to get input from other people, but as long as that input doesn't completely erratically change our mind in every situation, right. Sometimes we have to make a hard decision or we have to take, take the unpopular road because we know it's right for us or for Mm -hmm. ourselves versus what can I do to make the most amount of people happy around me all the time? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So you talk about initiation. Um, is that something that you do uh, in man talks as well, or at least teach people, teach men on maybe where they can go to find that level of initiation or h- how does that come into the work you do? Yeah. I mean, you know, I just, I actually just had a podcast episode come out on Monday where I talked all about initiation. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, I mean, at the, at the weekends, whether it's in the work that I do, you know, we have this online, um, this online group called the Alliance where we have, you know, almost 400 guys from around the world that are a part of that. And we, you know, we talk quite a bit about what does it look like to have initiation mm-hmm. in your life? And I would say that initiation, as I'm talking about it here, is an experience that maybe I'll use a different man's words, uh, a guy named Richard Rohr. And he, he said, unless, unless a male is brought on a journey of powerlessness, he will always abuse power. Mm. And so initiation is for a man to exert everything that he has physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, what on whatever plane he's deciding to confront or, or challenge himself on and to be rendered powerless, right. To know that there's something greater than you that is going to humble you. Mm. And that there's a, not, not only a responsibility that comes along with power, but there's a sort of like fine edge sword that we have with power in the sense that we can misuse it. We can abuse it. Um, It can, you know, other people can use it and abuse it against us. And, it doesn't and so, it just have to read some of the news to, to see a misuse of power these days. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I think in some ways initiation serves to bring men into a relationship, their relationship with power. Cause most of us as men, we don't really question that. And then we start getting power or maybe you were born into power or whatever our circumstances are. And and no one's really taught us what to do with it. And that's yeah. dangerous, right? A man that hasn't been taught what to do with power and then gains power. I mean, that's, that's a recipe for some tumultuousness, right? So yeah, I mean, you know, at our weekends, we, um, we do a good amount at our in-person weekends. We, it's really built around initiation, having a man confront um, mm-hmm. a part of his life that he's been hiding from and avoiding or a part of himself or his relationship. And, and allowing a man to go through a bit of an initiatory experience so that he can develop that sense of self-authorship, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So effectively teaching men to be their own leaders and what Mm -hmm. that looks like. I think Jordan Peterson, I don't know 
I mean, you're Canadian, so you know who he is, but mm-hmm. uh, what's his quote? He says, learn to become a monster and control it or something like that. Uh-huh. Like, I can't along, remember. Something along those lines. Yeah. It's, yeah. I feel like he's trying to share the same message in a way, like understand that you're a very powerful being, that you can use power and you can misuse it. So understand that you have that capability and learn how to control it. Right. Yeah, I think you had Traver on the show before and he says, be, be dangerous, but not a danger, right? It's like, yeah, know yep. that you have capacity, you know, know that you have capacity. And I think it's, you know, I'm usually the, the most weary of the men who tell me that, that there's no part of them that's dangerous. You know, the guys that are like, yeah, I'm no not way. dangerous at all. It's just like, well, why would a woman ever trust you? Or why would <laughs> I as a man ever trust you? Like, if you don't yeah. think that you have the capacity to be dangerous, it's like, man, you are really cutting yourself off from something. Or you're really and, ignoring a part of yourself that exists yeah. there, right? And that yeah. part of you doesn't, it's not that that part of you doesn't exist. Hmm. It's that that part of you is causing havoc in your life and you don't even fucking know it. Yeah. Right? You, you can't even see where it's wreaking habit. Sorry, I don't. I don't know if it's okay to swear. It's show, explicit. I I always mark it as explicit because um, I think there's a, a psychological fact that people who swear more often are more honest. Yeah, know. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I read that and I was like, sweet. I'll be a trucker now for the rest of my life. <laughs> so this obviously relates into shadow work, which is un- uncovering the parts of ourselves that we have either ignored or repressed or try and pretend don't exist. And I imagine that those parts can be soft parts, but also the dangerous, scary parts of ourselves, like that we are capable of violence, that we are capable of hurting others, that we're capable of all these different things. So what what do you think men in their, I'm going to call it a little shadow box right now. What do you think is hiding the most in the shadow box at the moment for the majority of men? What are they repressing the most? Yeah, I mean, it's a hard question to answer because I think a lot it's it's different for yeah. I mean, I could break that down into a few different categories. Okay, you know, because I yeah. think it's it's different for a lot of men. I think that some men have, and, and maybe I would just back up and and say, you know, what the shadow is to define the shadow. The shadow is okay. the psychological part of us that resides within our unconscious mind, where we store all the stuff about ourselves that we don't like, that we don't okay. want other people to know, that we feel insecure about or inferior about, mm. right? So it's where we put the pain that we don't want other people to know about, the embarrassment, the shame, the yeah. insecurities, everything that we feel inferior about. Okay. Um, well, and, it's describing it that way. I see how it can be almost any category here at this point. Yeah. Right? It's a yeah. lot of stuff that, so, you know, what I would say is it's what men are hiding. And so the guys that are listening to this podcast, they'll probably hear that and know, well, I know exactly what I'm hiding, right? I'm hiding the affair that I've been having for five Mm. years. I'm hiding the, you know, the financial ruin that I'm on the brink of. I'm hiding my, you know, my late night eating habit. I'm hiding my porn addiction. I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is, right? So, but I think for, for the most part, if I could distill it down to like maybe two things, I would say that what most men are hiding, I'm gonna learn their pain. That's a yeah. huge one. The majority of men are hiding their, the, the, the pain from their childhood, from being abandoned or abused or neglected mm-hmm. or not chosen or not loved in the way that they need. Uh, and I would say that the other part <clears throat> is that most men are, are hiding probably their masculine essence. I, say, I would say that in our, in our modern culture, 
their true masculine core is what's mm. being hidden because <clears throat> there's a very um, common narrative that that's dangerous, right? Yeah. Well, the toxic masculinity, the amount of articles, yeah. yeah, the amount of articles on toxic masculinity are, are absurd, right? I mean, like, it, depending on the individual, every action that a man makes can be considered as toxic. And so, mm -hmm. so I think that for a lot of men, they've disowned, disconnected from their own masculinity. So I think that for a lot of men that mm -hmm. resides within their shadow. So yeah. their assertiveness, their directness, their, their resounding clarity, a lot of that lives in the shadow. And so that's the other piece about the shadow is that there's, there's a lot of gold in it, right? So once mm -hmm. we start to explore it, and actualize and bring these parts into our consciousness and into our character, we actually start to own and assimilate some of the parts of ourselves that are essential for us to be more whole, more complete, yeah. right? More direction oriented. Takes a lot of energy out of an individual to hide something or suppress mm -hmm. it because you're, it's like you're an actor always acting right? Like when do you just get to switch off and just be your true self? Um, I, I see a lot of mm -hmm. people in this world suffering because they're, you're right, they're hiding parts about themselves. And so I imagine there's not a lot of people that are always, you know, jumping up and down, raising their hands and say, well, let me discover my shadow. Sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a lot of fun <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, because we're having to be really radically honest with ourselves and probably admit things out loud that we've maybe never shared with a single soul. So knowing that and knowing that maybe kind of discovering these parts of ourselves it's probably really important to do it in a safe non-judgmental environment because um, imagine if you did share and then you were ashamed for sharing which can happen to men probably in their intimate relationships I imagine so talk to me about like how shadow maybe like the best way to start with shadow work um, mm. and a second question is like where a two-part question, if we remember it, where can it go well and where can it go wrong? Mm. Yeah, well, I would say that, you know, first and foremost, the, the sort of, as I've said, the benefit of shadow work is that you can start to actualize some of the potential that's been lost from your consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's why so many guys are obsessed with finding our potential, right? It's because we're trying to reclaim the parts of ourselves that we yeah. disowned. Um, but I feel like I've completely forgotten the first part of the question. <laughs> no, that's what always happens if um, people are like asking four questions at once. It's like, what's a, a little way to start with it? A good place uh -huh, to start. Uh -huh. Well, I would say that the first part is to, uh, you know, as a man is to get around other men yeah. who are having open, transparent, honest conversations where there's structure for you to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's the reason why in the Antox we have the Alliance mm -hmm. um, because I feel, and what I've noticed is that men are more transparent when it, when they are around other men mm -hmm. and specifically where they are around other men who are doing that work, right? It's like the age old adage of like iron sharpen iron, right? The, mm -hmm. the sort of like trite yeah. sentiment that like, if you want to develop yourself, you need to be around other people are doing the same thing. But I think that for the most part, men feel safer in that environment for a number of reasons that I don't know if we necessarily need to talk about. But I think for the most part, they, they uh, 
that's where shadow work can really be done mm. is within groups of men. Like, I, I mean, I have a program that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people have gone through a shadow work course that, that people can do on their own. And mm -hmm. it's very, very effective. Yeah. And it's interesting because the, one of the most popular parts of the course is the, the comment section, just like right. thousands of comments from people that are going through it and they just like, they love it. Right. They, they want to share. Yeah. They want, they want to share. So I would say it goes really well when you are open and willing to discovering things about yourself that you might not like, mm. that you might be a little bit afraid of, that, mm. that, you, that you might not know what to do with, right? Like the part, the part about initiation, the part about shadow work that most people are initially hesitant about is that they don't know, right? Yeah. They don't know what they're going to come into contact with. They don't know who they're going to be after. Um, it, it really puts us into contact with the unknown and our relationship to the unknown. And mm. most of us have lived, especially us men, where, where we've been taught to over-index the rational mind, which needs to know everything, which has to have all the answers, which is you know resolutely in the known. Mm. Most of us men have this way where we're consumed and obsessed with rationality. And doing shadow work. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I think about men and women in relationships and, right. and just how our brains are wired quite differently. And women can be very emotional. And men are like, we're like, why is everything so goddamn logical right now? Like, uh -huh. uh -huh. Can't you just feel the feels at the moment? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's very true. It's very true. And and so, but yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the that's the beauty of, of doing the shadow work. So it goes well when you are willing to confront some of those pieces, when you're mm. open to confrontation, like yeah. to, to seeing who you are in confrontation truly, yeah. because that's a big part of it, right? Is like seeing who you are when you're reactive, when you're angry, when you're combative, when you're defensive. Mm. And then where it can go wrong is just as you said, I mean, I think, I think you nailed it, right? Is when it's, unsafe for you to reveal those very raw hidden parts yeah. and so if you are you know maybe in a relationship where trust has been broken and you're trying to reveal these very um sort of sensitive raw parts of yourself and the other person can't receive them or hear them mm. that's probably not an environment to do that right yeah. so or you know you're working with somebody that doesn't know their way around the 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 cave the unconscious cave as well that's probably not a good environment to be mm -hmm. in and so you know either finding an individual therapist or or coach to work with that that really knows their stuff mm -hmm. joining a group where you can be in that space um but as you said go somewhere that's that's like gonna challenge you and be a little uncomfortable right you yeah. want to get out of your comfort zone yeah so let's then be honest and share What's something that is in your shadow that you want to share with the audience is something that you've rep repressed or hidden maybe now is open and I'll do one as well, whatever comes out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are you talking about in the moment or things that I've learned? Uh, whatever feels right for you. I'm going to choose one. I think that I'm working on now, but you can share something from your past or something that you're dealing with now that you're, you're maybe even hiding. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that the biggest part that has come forward to me over the years in working with myself and working with other people, but specifically with myself was, and this, I think this is still a work in progress and it will be for a long time, mm. um, is my, my relationship with the victim in me. Mm. You know, like when I was going through the infidelities and the lies, I really felt internally, I convinced myself that I was out of control. Uh, and I was somehow the victim to this part of me mm -hmm. that was out of control, you know, and yeah. I sort of was like disconnected to it from in, in, a, in a way, right, where it's just like, I can't, you know, and I see a lot of guys struggling with this when it's when it's things like pornography, or they're drinking or smoking too much weed yeah. or playing too much video games. It's like, I just I couldn't stop myself. And so I, you know, I found myself masturbating again and watching yeah. porn or, you know, and so we we become the victim to ourselves in mm -hmm. a way and that was a big one for me it still is sometimes where you know i find myself even with like writing my book like god in the beginning of writing my book it was like it's like i can't do this and it's too overwhelming and you know all that shit starts to come up yeah um and so it's you know we become i think there's a, a great uh therapist named francis weller he says uh, it's not that we eradicate these parts of ourselves. It's that we become more skilled in learning how to carry them. Mm. And so we become more skilled in being in action, in creating, in building, in loving, in being intimate while still having this stuff within us. It's not that we completely yeah. eradicate it. It's that we're just more aware of it. Yeah. Better so at, that, better at carrying it. Wow. Yeah. Um, for me, I wonder. It's interesting because I I've never dug too deep into shadow work. I do feel like I'm pretty honest with parts of myself that I don't like. And I'm I think having a podcast, I'm always laughing, like, yeah, that's me as well. And I have this problem too. But I think for me, a part of myself is like that I'm afraid to admit to people is I feel like I'm always in a rush. Like as a woman who's a dating and relationship coach, who is in a relationship, but not married and doesn't have children. There's a part of me that like, well, maybe I won't let the world know that because mm -hmm. then they'll judge me and say, well, how, how can you help other people if you haven't gone through marriage yet? And I think that's a scary thing that I'm maybe admitting for the first time on the show. Um, and like feeling then as a result that I need to rush those things in my life just so other people feel more comfortable that's mm. probably something because um, obviously being active on social media, I, I don't really like sharing too much of my personal life. Uh, you, mm. you hang it out there and people will judge you. So <laughs> I think for me, that's, that's something that just came to mind here. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, hiding a little bit about like what my real life is like, because uh, that would be scary to put that out there. I think. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Do yeah. you feel like you have to, do you feel like you have to have achieved something specifically in order to have the kind of like unquestionable uh, credibility in order to succeed or achieve something? Yes and no. Like I'm very honest with people when I do speak with my clients, I always use personal examples from my life to say, oh yeah, like I've been through conflict and this is what I did wrong. And I, I certainly don't feel like my relationship has to be perfect to be seen as a good coach. But I, I do think like there's a, 
I'm maybe not showing as showing up as much as I could. Um, mm. Yeah, maybe maybe the short answer is yes, like because I'm not where other people could be that there's like until I get there. Who knows? Like when I first started coaching men on dating and relationships, I was single. So that was like mm. my major imposter syndrome, even though what mm. I was ultimately helping them with was confidence and self-esteem mm-hmm. and that then translated into those things. And so, yes, I'm qualified to do that. But, uh, you know, I've had a few people over the years say, well, are you in a relationship? Because <laughs> I don't want to talk to you if you're not. And it's like, is that what you look for is credentials in someone? Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, who knows? But I don't know. First time sharing that. So that's a bit fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. My like natural instinct is to want to go in on that, but I feel like oh, we, yeah. we only have like 10 minutes left. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know you can, you, we can poke around that all day. And uh, I think as time goes on, I'm learning to be more and more honest with myself. I think another part, just thinking of it now that I'm suppressing is my true feelings around what's going on in the world right now. Like I'm not using my audience right now to talk about that I'm staying strictly on my niche um and there's a part of me that's sad that I'm doing that part of me that wishes I was maybe a little more courageous to speak out about how I feel um so that's part of me that I'm kind of struggling with right now Mm -hmm. yeah here's me sharing look at you I'm like opening up now (laughs) the other other one the other one feels more the other one feels like it has more depth and weight to it though the first one or the Mm -hmm. the first one yeah yeah, the first one has been a longer thing for sure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we like to compare ourselves to other people, right? And we look at our friendship groups and people are at different places that we do crave to be. We can compare ourselves or feel like, you know, we can put those negative thoughts that we're not worthy or it will never happen for us. And it creates this anxiety that we need to rush to make things so. But, um, you know, comparison is the thief of joy, said someone fantastic, but I always can't remember that. Mm-hmm authors of all these great quotes um, yeah but it's, it yeah. can also be true that that's what you are genuinely wanting right it might not be mm-hmm. so much of a rush as it is that you are feeling the internal pressure of the thing that you want that's not maybe not manifested yet yeah for sure yeah and when we we know where we want to head in life um that road's going to take different uh times for different people but yeah of course it is something i want um mm. but I'm learning to realize that we can have everything we want in life. We just can't have it all right now. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, big intention for the last few years has been, um, there is no rush. That's what mm-hmm. I tell myself, right? Mm-hmm. There is no rush because most of us, if we're chasing some form of happiness or some version of what we feel is purpose, we can sometimes be so blinded to the fact that the little moments that we are experiencing right now are the ones that actually make up our lives. And I don't want to live in the future and I don't want to live too much in the past. So mindfulness and being present is super important to me. It's hard mm-hmm. to do, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's fair. So that's what, so you're writing a book that's coming out next. Did you say next year? Yeah. It's a long, it's a long so journey. This year is editing year basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that makes me feel more compassion. There's this author. I, I, some, uh, obviously all of us in this field are reading a lot of self-help and self-development books, but every now and then I give myself a break and I, I read something that's totally fictional and magical. And I've read these uh, books by an author called Patrick Rothfuss. 
And uh, the book is called The Name of the Wind. It's a fantasy book. For me, I think it's like a combination of Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. And the guy's written two out of the three books, right? (laughs) And the third book, it's been like years and years and years. And I feel Mm -hmm. like so impatient. I'm like, get this damn book out so I can read it and enjoy it and finish the story. But then there's a part of me that's like, that's a lot of work to do. Give the guy a break. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like George R.R. R. Martin, yeah. right? Everybody was yeah. on him because he didn't finish. Yeah. Didn't finish. Although it, genuinely he just, he had all the time in the world and just didn't do it. But yeah. Fair enough. Well, sometimes we have resistance or maybe when that many people are waiting for it, it feels like way more pressure, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe sometimes the pressure can make us, uh, t- you know, be more inactive with things. Who knows? True. But, yeah. True. I don't know how I felt about the ending to be fair, <laughs> but uh, maybe he should have taken a little longer. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think so. Well, yeah. he, didn't, he, he didn't end up writing it, right? He, it was the, it oh, was yeah. the, the writers of the show that ended up writing it and then he just approved it um which you know it's like when you create something magnificent and then don't you know don't cross the finish line but i mean he's also i don't really i mean yeah we don't need to get into yeah (laughs) (laughs) so connor okay so you you got the book coming out next year you're doing lots of your work with man talks right now um if somebody you know is listening to this show and hasn't already heard of you which i'd be surprised but um if they want to find out more information about you where should we be directing them uh, I mean, I think the best place to go is, is probably Instagram. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just at man talks on Instagram. And then, I mean, if, if people want, you know, they can go to the website and, mm-hmm. uh, I have a free shadow work journal that they can go and check out and start to like dig into just understanding, yeah. you know, what the origins of your shadow are. And that's I a had a look to... at it and it had some really Sorry challenging questions in there for people so I think it's a good place to start so all all those links of course will be available in the show so thank you for coming on and sharing all of this with me and this is the first time actually on the podcast that I've dug into talking about shadow work so you were definitely the man to do that and I appreciate it and thanks everyone for tuning in to today's episode and look forward to bringing you another one next week ciao